You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, episode 27 with Tamika Montgomery. You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Trailblazers podcast. Today on the show, we have Tamika Montgomery. Tamika was appointed by President Obama to lead the Office of Entrepreneurial Development at the U.S. Small Business Administration. In her capacity as Associate Administrator, she's charged with driving programs and policies that support national entrepreneurial training and education programs such as small business development centers, women's business centers, regional innovation clusters, Scale Up America, online education, and the National SCORE mentoring program. Uh, Ms. Montgomery believes that small businesses truly are the economic backbone of our nation, and she has a passion for equipping individuals with the tools needed to achieve the American dream of building a successful and thriving small business. Tamika holds a bachelor's degree from Spelman College and a master's degree of public administration from Columbia University. And in May of 2012, Johnson and Wales University conferred upon Ms. Montgomery an honorary doctorate of business administration in entrepreneurship. If you are a business owner or if you're an aspiring entrepreneur who hopes to one day begin and grow a business of your own, pause this right now. Go ahead, go grab a pen and pad or open your Evernote because you're going to gain some knowledge in today's episode that you're going to want to take action on right away. So without further delay, let's go ahead and dive right into today's episode. I know you're going to enjoy this. Tamika, thank you for being our guest on today's episode. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited. So I've shared a little bit with our community about you in our intro. But for our listeners that are learning about you for the first time, we really want to, to be able to get beyond your title and be able to connect with you. Could you maybe share a little about you that's not scripted for media, but is 100% Tamika? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So something a little bit about me, not scripted, but is 100% Tamika. Well, I am a mother of three boys, and I see myself as trying to grow and raise young entrepreneurs. And so um, I really try to infuse in them an entrepreneurial mindset. And so I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. How old are they? Yes, my boys are six, eight, and ten. Wow. So you keep your hands full. Yes, <laughs> yes. I have a loud and busy household. So, you know, I, I, I wanted to, to get started by maybe having you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do in your day-to-day at SBA. Yeah, so I have an interesting role at SBA because at SBA, our work really falls into three buckets. Those buckets being capital, um, making uh capital more accessible to business owners through guarantees. The other is contracting. The SBA is responsible for ensuring that federal agencies adhere and meet their contracting goals. And then the other piece of it is around counseling or training and technical assistance. And so that's the that's the part of kind of this whole entrepreneurial journey that I find really exciting. And so what I get to do is really 
a few things. One is I get to think about um, and really look at what are the trends happening in this entrepreneurial kind of ecosystem and see how we can either deploy some of those strategies and um, across the nation, um, thinking about various constituencies and what are programs and initiatives that the federal government ought to do to help spur entrepreneurship within those various constituencies. And so I love that kind of um, program development part of the work that I do. And then the other part of it um, is that I get to travel across the nation and see the work that's being done on the ground. Wow. That's exciting. I'm almost curious listening to to, to some of this. And, you know, we, we, I plan to tap into to some of that uh, with the capital and counseling of it. But mm-hmm. it brings to light, you know, it, it I that thought, like, what were you doing before that kind of led to this appointment? Yeah, you know, it's crazy the way that things come together and the way that kind of God works into your life. So when I was back in Colorado, I ran, I left, um, DC. So I lived out here in the late 90s. I was working for the government and I left and moved back to Denver with the intent of working in youth entrepreneurship. But I ended up starting a business incubator and I did that for a few years. And then I ran a small business development center that was located at the Chamber of Commerce. And I did that for about seven years and um, left that job to run a foundation, a a business leadership foundation. And that at that time is when I was tapped to this role. So from a local community perspective, I was doing this work on a local level. And so this opportunity allowed me to do it on a national scale. Wow. What have been some of the biggest lessons you've learned about yourself during the term of the appointment? Yeah. So (laughs) a big lesson that I've learned about myself is that I get uh, quite a bit impatient with the government bureaucracy. Um, (laughs) You know, I wasn't in government uh, before coming here. I mean, I was in government when I lived in D.C. a number of years ago in the late 90s, and that was two years. But other than that, I haven't been in government. And so I understand, you know, the the process and the rationale behind it. Mm-hmm. But I just learned th- that I have this kind of anxiousness and this right. um, kind of wanting to make things move faster, but they don't necessarily happen that way. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's funny, especially coming from an incubator and mm-hmm. running your own business and all that. You're, you're probably used to things clicking along a lot faster, for sure. Yes, exactly. Tamika, today I actually thought to, to poll some folks in our community on you know what they wanted to hear from you in this interview. And, and the question kept circling back to funding. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's a, a top you know FAQ of, of yours, but... You know, I, I thought to invite the op, you know, provide an opportunity really for us to maybe kill some myths about SBA and 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 the funding and loans piece, and maybe have you explain a few ways that SBA is able to assist, whether it be a startup or an existing business, with getting access to capital. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I think that sometimes we perpetuate, we being the government and SBA, we sometimes perpetuate a misunderstanding of SBA's 
role in lending because we often right. say, you know, we have SBA loans. We, you know, mm-hmm. that's an, you know, we give out SBA loans, but the truth of the matter don't give is, loans. <laughs> exactly, we're not a direct lender. Years ago in the past, SBA was a direct lender. What we are is a guarantor of loans. And so the way that we make um, capital more accessible is that we incentivize banks to lend to small businesses by reducing their risk. And so we may, um, if a loan had, perhaps may have an 85% SBA guarantee. So then that means that the bank has a lower risk. So that that's what we do. And then, so that's from a traditional banking standpoint, but then also SBA provides um, resources to micro lending organizations to provide micro loans to individuals as well. Now, there is one way that SBA does provide direct loans, and that's in the area of a disaster. So there mm. are certain disaster loans that um, wow. uh, when, when a disaster has been declared that SBA it would provide a direct loan. But in general, when people think about an SBA loan, it's an SBA guaranteed loan. Interesting. Ah. So I know from, from recent research that I'm seeing uh, that black women represent one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing segment of entrepreneurs today, right? Mm-hmm. Not surprising, it represents a, a sizable share of our listeners. And one of our recent episodes, episode 22, was with angel investor Lorene Pendleton. And she shared some ways that founders could go about raising capital from alternate channels, maybe not from from venture capital or or angel funding. But she also pointed out that, you know, some research uh, that just became published uh, at the beginning of the year signaled that less than one percent of VC backed founders were black women. Is there any statistics or data that you're aware of that would kind of hint to what percentage of SBA guaranteed loans are actually going to minority and women owned businesses? Yeah, you know, off the top of my head, um, I don't have the minority owned figures, but from a women women's standpoint, um, last year, for example, SBA made $3.8 billion available to women through our capital, um, our programs. And also over last year, we are up 42%. And so our administrator over the last couple of years have had, she's had a, a very big push on kind of opening up, um, encouraging more access to our loans for communities of color and then also women. And so we have found that some of our smaller dollar loans, those loans of $150,000 or less, are often the loans that um, women as well as people of color tend to go after. And so as a way to make those loans even more accessible, we have SBA eliminated the fees on those loans. And as a result of it, we saw an uptick in the numbers. But um, one, another thing that's an interesting stat as it relates to women is that we have found that um, SBA-backed loans um, tend to be three to five times more likely to go to women-owned businesses. So, you know, you look at that VC and, you know, less than 1% of VC-backed founders are black women and then a very small portion of um, black firms are Mm -hmm. going um, receiving VC funding we know that really SBA loans, SBA guarantee loans are really going, um, like I said, three to five times more likely to go to, to women. 
So how are women, I'm sure there are, there are people listening to this right now that say, well, how do I gain access to that? Yeah. Like where, you know, how, how can I begin the process mm-hmm. or, you know, to, to, to try and attempt to, to gain access to those guaranteed funds yeah. or guaranteed loans? Yeah. So, you know, I always like to encourage people. I believe that the capital and then the education really go hand in hand. And so I often suggest to people that the way to figure out what's the right lending solution is Uh to meet with one of our resource partners. So that could be a local small business development center. It can be a local women's business center. And so what, what can happen is, is in your community, a person can sit down with that business advisor and they may say, I need a loan. I don't know. Maybe I'm opening up a coffee shop. I don't know. Well, that local business advisor, he or she understands the lending landscape in that community. And he or she can then direct you accordingly to the right lender. Because as you know, as you you probably know, certain lenders like to do just certain types of deals. I mean, some like to fund daycare centers, for example, and others don't. And so when you sit down with a business advisor, that person can really help you navigate that system and connect you to the right lender. You may think you need a loan, but maybe right now what might be a better suit and a better fit for you is to work with a micro lender. And micro, we call those mission lenders because they're nonprofit organizations. Um, that might be a better route for you. And so I, I think the mm. first step is to meet with a business advisor because they can help to help you navigate exactly how much you need and how you need to prepare and then where to connect you. How would we locate uh, local SBDCs? Yeah, the way that you connect to our resource partners is if you go to www.sba.gov and mm-hmm. and then click on local assistance, mm, um, okay. you can put in your zip code and then all of our, what well, we call them resource partners, will come up right. on the website. So that, that could be veterans, business outreach centers, small business development centers, women's business centers, and even some of our micro lenders will be listed on there as well. So to me, are these uh, external organizations to SBA? Are they tied to SBA? Um, they are. The way it works is we provide grants to the organization mm. to deliver services. So they are not a, a federal government agency per se, right. but they are an extension of us because they help us extend our reach. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't cost anything. Exactly. And so that's like what I really love. I always tell people the price is right because that one-on-one business assistance that they offer, it's free. Now, you know, many of them offer trainings and the trainings are often offered at a, at a nominal fee. Right. But, but a person can meet with a business advisor as often as she needs to. So if that's every week, every other week, once a month, whatever you feel like you need to move towards your business goals, you can do that. And one of the things that I found from running a small business development center on the ground was those business owners who really use the resources, mm-hmm. they saw such great benefit and growth in their businesses. So they weren't the ones who came when things were kind of, um, they only showed up when things were really hard and struggling, but they really saw the us as an extension of, of their business from an advisory standpoint. Right, right. Wow. 
I don't think a lot of people really realize the access they have to to free assistance yeah. with that. And it's 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 great you, to kind of bring that back to light. Yeah, and I and I just want to say, you know, we the those resources just to kind of give you a a sense of the breadth of those resources. We have over nine hundred local small business development centers. So there's wow. one in just about every community. So there's 900 of them. There are about 114 women's business centers. There are about 300 SCORE chapters. And SCORE is the organization that we support that provides mentoring to individuals. Right. So those three are kind of our core resource partners. And then we have about 15, I think I have the number right, of veterans business outreach centers. And so as you can see, um, in terms of touch points to serve a business owner, we have so many of them and we've been doing this. Our SCORE program has been around over 50 years. The SBDC is 35 years. So we've been here for a really long time. Right. And I've personally sat with SCORE, SCORE mentors, and I can definitely uh, attest to, you know, them having, them being very valuable yeah. to, to kind of getting getting things in place and, and helping you yeah. through the process. Yeah, and one of the things that I tell people, you know, you might go and let's say you go to a SCORE, and let's say you go to a women's business center, and you may or may not resonate with that particular business advisor. And if you don't, I would just say, get, just get, ask, another get another one, right? Because it's right. free. It's free. And sometimes, you know, that's just the way it goes. Sometimes you resonate and sometimes you don't. But don't let that deter, deter yeah. you from getting yeah. the help that you need to be successful. Good point. Maybe this is something, you know, SB has bigger data numbers on, but... I kind of wanted to to change gears a bit. I'm curious to hear about maybe some of the biggest mistakes you've seen entrepreneurs making as it relates to marketing their business. Yeah, so a few things. One is marketing is sometimes that thing that people think that they can do themselves, whether it's (laughs) kind of developing collateral or just not making the necessary investments in it, um, which is not great because you need to maintain top of mind consciousness for your clients or for your customers. And so I think that's a kind of underestimating the true value of marketing. Also, I think the other part is that we see is not taking the time to truly understand your customers' needs and wants. Um, One of the things that I've seen is, you know, some business owners they just they've fallen in love with their product or service or whatever and they just want to sell it. Right. (laughs) And it may their customers or prospective customers may be trying to tell them through their buying habits that this is not it. Um, (laughs) But they're not listening. And so they haven't really taken the time to truly understand their market. So could we come back to I mean, even going back to our prior talk about score mm-hmm. and SBDCs are they able to help with the market research piece of that and and being able to help uh, a business owner uh, identify the needs of their target audience yeah in fact you know I, I think one of the things that people don't understand sometimes with our partners is how much information you can get from them and so what right. you know there are a lot of market research databases that cost a lot of money where many of our small business development centers have access to those and so say, wow. say, for example, you wanted to find out about this particular, a certain industry, what, how large the industry is, what are some of the trends happening in that industry. You can go to um, an SBDC and ask. 
ask them to do some market research on your really yeah and in some they can even like let's say you're looking at opening up a retail shop um, right. This isn't in all of them, but in some of them, they can also help you look at kind of some some foot traffic numbers to help you determine what might be the best place to locate your business. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, it, that is a nugget of wisdom. It is. <laughs> it is. And then like if you're looking at going international, right. they have business advisors that can help you do market research from an international perspective to identify what, what might be the right strategy for you. Right. So for everyone listening, I actually met Tamika maybe about a month ago, listening to her give a talk about the global piece mm-hmm. of your business. And so that was a great segue to kind of where I wanted to go with our talk now. You know, we are in this global and digital era of business today. What are some of the effective strategies that you and your team have been able to work with businesses across the country and really help them to not only experience staying power, but also help them to continue to grow steadily over time. One of the things that we've been doing with, well, our partners um, have been doing across the nation. One is on the on the on the global side, really trying to encourage small businesses to expand their market base. We know that 95% of the world's consumers are outside of the U.S., so really helping them tap into those resources and that information um, that can help them move beyond their their local communities to sell their products and services. The other thing, you know, it's kind of a little different spin on your on your question, but something mm-hmm. that we've had a big push on is really trying to equip our small businesses on how to prepare for and protect against cybersecurity issues, right? Mm. Um, ah. And so when we, you know, given that we live in a digital era, you know, many small businesses may feel as though, you know, what do I have that, you know, they can't afford right. it or, right. or, or, or their resources aren't that valuable to somebody. Exactly. To right. Exactly. And so our district offices, we have 68 district offices across the United States, but many of them, we partnered with NIST hosting cybersecurity workshops for small businesses to really help them know how to be prepared. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so that's key. Switching gears a little bit, that question was more so geared to an existing business, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What if I'm, because a a good base of our listeners are people who are everyday business professionals. They're still working for a paycheck from someone Mm -hmm. else. But I found that some of them are looking to pivot and start their own business. And if I'm that guy, if, you know, if I know very little bit about entrepreneurship and, you know, I really went to school to learn to be a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, some someone else, not not an entrepreneur. What would be a couple of fundamental lessons that I could maybe take hold of in the process of that pivot to entrepreneurship? And how could how could that person begin to lay the right foundation to grow and succeed on that journey? You know, I think. um this journey, because it really is a journey. It is. <laughs> uh, but I think, you know, if you, I, I always like to put ideas in buckets. So if you put it in two buckets, I think there is the business acumen piece, right? Learning what it means to run a business, understanding marketing, understanding your financials, those types of things. And that's what we're here for, right? That's what the SBDCs and SCORE and the Women's Business Centers and the VBOX are there to help supplement it and really help you develop your business acumen. The other piece of it 
is around the mindset of the individual. Mm-hmm. How do you shift that person from thinking at, from an employee mm-hmm. way of thinking to thinking in terms of an entrepreneur? Um, and I think that that is a different shift. I think we try to help support that. But I do think that, you know, as somebody who is looking to make that shift into the entrepreneurial world, um, recognizing that there are resources out there and beginning to access those resources, but then also kind of thinking, looking internally and beginning to think about what are the shifts in thinking that needs to occur. Um, It's interesting, last week, so as a part of the administration, one of the things that the White House does for political appointees is they host a number of leadership transition trainings. And so mm-hmm. they asked SBA to host a session on starting your own business because naturally maybe a lot of appointees may want to do that. And one right. one question someone asked me or asked us, the panel was, you know, do you think, does it make sense to start your business while you're still working for someone and then transition out. And so we all had different viewpoints on the panel. And one of the things that I said is really you have to look at your own self, you know, Mm-hmm. Are you one of the things that a job does is it gets us it can get us comfortable in kind of receiving that that paycheck. paycheck. Exactly. Yeah. And so as that's coming in, the your it can mess up your hustle, right? Well if you don't right. and then, but if you don't have that but, of the hustle right. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing this anyway. Right. right. But if you don't have that that money then you're you're gonna have to hustle, right? I've spoken right. to some entrepreneurs and they were like failure was not an option and so that's they right press forward hard. But that yep. to me speaks to that, that mindset piece. Absolutely. Um, and so, and I think part of gaining that shifting mindset is when you are, when you engage yourself around other entrepreneurs and you begin to see how they think and how they approach and begin to adapt some of those things for your own self as a motivator. Does SBA, on, on that note, does SBA provide any connect, connection to community of other entrepreneurs? Well, you know, again, I think that, remember, if you think about SBA as a whole, right. we, You're just, we're the funder of right. these other organizations, right? Right. And so, like, SBA, we, we fund accelerators, we fund those SBDCs and resources, and they host right. trainings, and they host intensive trainings. We, um, SBA, we support a seven-month business training course. We call it our mini-MBA for wow. business executives, you have to be at at least 500000 and above to participate. But that's seven months of intensive um, training that a business owner receives where they come in as a cohort. So then they're building community with like-minded entrepreneurs. And one of the things that we have found through that particular program is that many of the, the participants, they do business with one another. They encourage one another to stick with the program. Program, and those relationships extend far past the seven months of the actual program. And so when you engage into the, when you connect into the full kind of spectrum of resources that we provide, you then by default get connected into a small business community. Very good to know about that as well. I know your term is coming to an end pretty soon. 
as as you kind of touched on a minute ago with the appointees, you know, what's next for you? Are there any big goals and plans on your your vision board that you'd care to share with us? You know, it's funny because I do. You you say your vision board, and so I'm sitting at my desk and I have some sticky notes. Right. You yeah. know, so <laughs> there is some things in my head in terms of books that I would love to read around entrepreneurship or write around entrepreneurship. Also, but it's interesting when you are in this role, it's like you're running hard for a really long time. And so next month will be three years for me. And what I've been actually talking to my husband about is really taking a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. For about six months and give me and let your brain breathe <laughs> exactly, and also recharge and yep. be able to really kind of volunteer and engage in the community in different ways because my job is national in scope, and mm-hmm. so what that means is is that I'm not. I haven't been able to really get connected into this new community that I live in now because I'm all over the United States. Whereas back in Colorado, I was deeply embedded in the Denver business community. And so I I think a sabbatical will allow me to take that time to really think through kind of my plans moving forward and kind of some of these ideas as relates to books. But I do know for sure that I will stay in this space of entrepreneurial development. Love that. Excited to hear how, what, what happens there. I, I, and I welcome when that, hap, when that does play out and is defined for you to come back and share that with us. Oh, wow. Thank you. I would love to do that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, Tamika, thank you so much for kind of, you know, dropping some nuggets here and there. A lot of wisdom that you've shared uh, that, you know, I invite our listeners to to dig a little bit deeper and begin to build on some of those those um, nuggets of wisdom, nuggets of gold that Tamika shared. To, to, to build on that, you know, you talk, talked about books just a minute ago. What's one book that you've read in, in, in the past year that's inspired you? Yeah, the book that I read not long ago is this one book by Gary Keller called The One Thing. Right. Have you read that book? I haven't. I've been hearing a lot about it, though. Yeah. You know what I like about it? I, there's a f- few things, and it's interesting because I'm doing a keynote speech later this week in the Virgin Islands, and something that I've read in that book. I feel so sorry for you, Tanika. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so um, something that I read is kind of inspired my speech, but what I love about his book, it's about focus. Right. And Mm -hmm. um, he talks about Gary Keller is the person who created Keller Realty um, Mm -hmm. uh, business. And he talks about the impact that focus can have. And I know as entrepreneurs, that can be so challenging. You have all these ideas and you want to try this and that and this and that. But there is great value in focus. And he's built his business around that, that theme. Same theory, right? Exactly. He has. Yes. Yes, he has. So, so yeah. So, um, and then the other thing that he says in the book that I really admire, and this is the thing that I'm going to talk about, is kind of thinking big. 
Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes we're afraid to think big, especially if we are new to the entrepreneurial space or we've not seen anyone connected to us or in our family who's done what we might perceive as real, as big in business. And so we tend to kind of scale down or temper yep. down our, our vision for our business. And so I really think we ought to push ourselves and encourage ourselves to really think big. I agree. I tell a lot of people every day, limitations are for credit cards. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> hey, you got to take those limits off. Mm-hmm. Tamika, can a budding trailblazer have too many goals? Kind of piggybacks on what you just, just touched on a second ago. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The, yeah, you, we can have a lot of goals. But you know, the thing is, is I think, I think the key is to figure out which one is really drive, what's really driving you. What's a prioritizing. Exactly. Exactly. Like right now, I'm trying to kind of get in shape, you know, as I leave. Right. I mean, I'm like, okay, I, I have to get new photos or something, you know, let me, <laughs> let me. Let me get in shape. Well, I can't focus on that. And let's say I couldn't start writing a book right now. I couldn't, you know, everything has to come in. It's we have to do it in its time. And like I said, in that one thing, you know, it's about focus. Where can I really put all my energy and maybe accelerate progress and trying to spread myself too thin? Right, right. Mm -hmm. That's great. Name one online resource that it could be an app software tool that you use every day you can't live without it gosh you know what Uh, i don't really i don't you know the everyday part is hard for me but i can tell you there is an app that i use frequently when i travel that i really like Mm -hmm. and it's trip case Never heard that one. Trip case. Yeah, so it holds all of my travel stuff, you know, which is really? yeah, it's a, it's an app on my phone, and so yeah, trip. I'm gonna check it out. I travel a lot too, so yeah, it's like a nice place to hold it all. Nice. So you know, we're getting set to wrap up, but I wanted to invite you to take a couple minutes and impart you know any kind of inspiring message that could help our listeners elevate their game and blaze their trail. Yeah, you know, I think I, what I would say is kind of what we kind of wrapped up, which is why not think big? You know, you think about so many people who've done it, um, and they did it not by thinking small, but they really did think big. And so I would just encourage your listeners to think big and not be afraid to move in that direction. Um, We have great resources available to help support you, but we can't give you the vision. You have to have the vision yourself. Right. It's a great point to wrap up on. Tamika, I just want to say thank you. You touched on this in our talk tonight, you know, about 95% of the world, world's consumers being outside the United States. Yes. And you shared that in your talk, and it was it was something that made my brain go, wow, you know, and, and to that end, it took the limits off of just thinking, you know, about what you can see. Mm-hmm. And, and really kind of beginning to look at so much more mm-hmm. opportunity globally. And I, I knew that, you know, having you on, on the podcast, you'd be able to, to bring some knowledge our way. And it's, it's awesome to see a black woman in office, Thank a you. Christian woman in office. Thanks. 
and I commend you on on a job well done. And thanks for being bold to, to step up tonight, being honest and transparent in sharing your story and, and some knowledge with us. And again, you know, I look forward to having you back on to hear what's next. Yes, I will keep <laughs> you posted for sure. And then let me just, I just want to really emphasize to people, you know, you said a lot of your listeners didn't know about the Small Business Administration. Oftentimes we're mistaken for the Small Business Association, right? <laughs> but, but, but I just want to impress upon them that we are the only federal agency whose sole purpose is to help you start and grow a successful small business. And you pay for this with your tax dollars. And right. so I encourage you to use the resources, use Find out how to get capital. Find out what you need to do to strengthen your business acumen. Tap, look and see what government certifications may advance your business because the government purchases billions of dollars of products and, products and services. services. And right. last year, the government spent about $91 billion with small businesses alone. And so you can be a part of that. And we can show you how to do that. There are free resources to help you do that. And that's wow. we're here for you. So go to SBA.gov and really see what we have to offer. I'm so excited. Before we let you go, please tell us how we can stay connected to you. I know you're on Twitter, but you know, which a lot of our, our listeners are, but is there, you know, ways that we can kind of stay in contact with you even beyond um, your appointment? Yeah, well, Twitter, honestly, I'm not really that on that much active. On, active on Twitter, but also LinkedIn. I'm still working on that. I'm working, getting better. But LinkedIn, um, Tamika Montgomery is a great way to stay connected to me or get connected to me even beyond the administration. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much again. Thank Appreciate you. having you on. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to Tamika's book recommendation and resources mentioned from today's episode on our show notes page at tbpod.com. Guys, I'm challenging you right now. Open an email, a tweet, a social post within the next two minutes. Invite an existing business owner or someone you know who wants to start a business. It could be a family member, friend and or colleague. Invite them to listen to today's episode. We believe someone listening to these inspiring stories are going to be moved to make significant changes that are going to have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. If you're a fan of today's content, I welcome you to subscribe. Leave us a review. It could be on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or whatever app you're listening to right now. It's really easy to do so, and it helps us gain traction. And especially with iTunes, it gets us in front of more listeners. Guys, don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday morning at about 5 a.m. Jump off this podcast today. Go find a way to rise above go way beyond and keep blazing your trail.